Good evening, everybody. Today is Sunday, January 5th, 2020. My name is Bill Woodcock, and you're listening to Forward Maryland. Here's what's on my mind this evening. I've read with great interest today the uh, Baltimore Sunday Sun article entitled Eight Key Issues Facing Lawmakers. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, the Maryland General Assembly begins its 2020 session on um, Wednesday in Annapolis. And uh, there's a page one article. The, the title is Education Tops List of State Priorities. In the again, I'm looking at the January 5th edition of the Baltimore Sun, Sunday edition. Uh, and then the uh, insert article on page 18 mentions eight key issues facing lawmakers. And I'd like to talk about each of these eight key issues a little bit because I'm really, I mean, they may be, I mean, I I trust the reporters. Um, You know, it may be what they're hearing. It may be what they understand uh, what's being talked about. But what I'm wondering is, are these the issues that are really nearest and dearest to the heart of, um, of your average Marylander? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, The number one issue uh, that uh, the reporters, who are Pamela Wood and Luke Broadwater, uh, I'm familiar with both of these reporters, are both very good. Um, But the number one issue they note is new leadership, uh, which certainly makes sense, I mean, from the standpoint that for the first time in a long time, Uh, Both the leadership in the House of Delegates and the Maryland Senate has turned over uh, with uh, uh, Senator Bill Ferguson and Delegate Adrian Jones taking those roles respectively after the passing of Speaker Mike Bush and the retirement of Senate President uh, Mike Miller. Uh, But... Uh, whereas certainly the delegates and senators, certainly the members of the assembly have to deal with this as an issue. Uh, is this an issue that the average Marylander has to deal with? I don't think so. I do think it's an issue that impacts the average Marylander because obviously these leaders' style will influence the uh, flow of legislation through the Maryland General Assembly, but, um, you know, um, is this an issue that the state has to deal with? Um, It shouldn't be. So, um, you know, it's certainly a change, but uh, these are simply new people holding new positions. This is not, um, you know, something that should impact any average Marylander's life. So, Um, This is an interesting choice for number one. Uh, Number two is education reform and uh, specifically the uh, outcomes of the uh, Kerwin Commission. Uh, I I frankly believe that should be number one. Uh, So I I definitely agree with that. School construction is next. Uh, And again, I agree with that. Funding for school construction is, is always a huge, huge, huge issue. Pimlico and the Preakness would be next, number four on the Wood Broadwater list. Um, it, it is a, a high priority, and, and I think it's good for them to, for the reporters to put this up uh, so high. 
But what is regrettable is that even though it's been months since the uh, Pimlico plan has been made public, uh, Governor Hogan hasn't yet voiced his opinion on this plan. I don't understand why this why this do nothing governor in this state gets this pass. I don't understand why it's okay for this guy to not take a stand and not do anything courageous. Uh, you know, people think he's Hogan strong. He's Hogan pathetic. Uh, he's Hogan weak. You know, um, you know he's Hogan nothing. Um, you know, he's he's he, he was just a. You know, he was just a, a scheduler who got lucky and became elected governor because the Democratic candidate was terrible. Um, and he can't have an opinion upon the most important um, issue for the economic development of Baltimore, of, of an area of Baltimore City for 20 years. Um, that's that's really sad. Um Almost as sad as the next issue on the reporter's list, flavored vaping liquids. Um, I guess I can half see the placement of this issue, although only half see it. Um, you know, I, I do believe that the state should take a, uh, a leadership role in banning these uh, flavored vaping liquids. And by flavored, I guess we're meaning what they call the fun flavors. Fruity flavors, sweet flavors, candy flavors, uh, not, you know, uh, minty flavors, you know, not flavors uh, commonly associated with tobacco products, such as, well, tobacco flavored or menthol flavored. Um, you know, considering that the federal government hasn't done it, kind of makes sense that the state government does. So, um, okay, I'll see that. Uh, the next issue is sports betting, uh, which, um, you know, I think, again, I think that actually should be at towards the top of the list. Um, I happen to have been in Baltimore's Horseshoe Casino about a little more than a week ago. And, uh, you know, the little uh, primordial sports book there is getting ready uh, to have sports betting um, become a thing in the state of Maryland. And... Uh, the legislature could, and I believe they very likely will, um, pass a measure to put sports betting, legalizing sports betting in Maryland on the 2020 ballot. Uh, Health care, uh, protecting key provisions of the Obamacare law, of the Affordable Care Act. Um, okay, uh, I guess that's a thing. You know, again, another protection in this case against the federal government trying to repeal Obamacare. Uh, okay, I guess I see that. And the eighth key issue facing lawmakers would be Baltimore crime. So um, apparently Governor Do-Nothing announced last month that he would, and again, this is straight from the article, the, uh, uh, the Wood Broadwater article, uh, Governor Do Nothing announced last month that he'd introduce a series of bills targeting crime, including one to increase penalties for people who give or sell guns to someone they know who will use them to commit a crime, another to increase penalties for intimidation uh, that results in death or serious injury, and a third would require a report on sentences handed down by judges. Um, wow. 
Yeah, all of those are really going to stop the 340 murders a year in Baltimore. Um, absolutely none of these have anything to do with actually stopping uh, violent crime in Baltimore City or anywhere in the state of Maryland. I don't even know why these were listed on here, except if maybe the reporters wanted to show how pathetic these bills are. Um, you know, nothing. Um, and, and so, you know, that gets to my other point. You know, what are some issues that, um, you know, didn't even make the cut? Uh, certainly nothing about any sort of judicial or prison reform, uh, any sort of real uh, you know, crime-reducing legislation, which goes hand-in-hand hand with this second point, which is re any real um, economic development programs for the state of Maryland, uh, especially since jobs are such an issue on the eastern shore and in western Maryland and even in Baltimore City. Uh, what about putting, um, you know, uh, poor people in any of those areas um, into closer relationship with job training or what about, you know, creating some sort of tax incentive zone? Of course, you know, people love their tax incentive financing for rich businesses. What about tax incentive zones for small businesses to come in, use local labor, train local people, and, you know, get people off the streets doing nothing and looking at the dark economy as their means of finding a living and, you know, having people do honest work for a day's pay. I don't understand that. Uh, the third thing is there's nothing about public health in here. There's nothing about um, the opioid epidemic. There's nothing about... Um, you know, disaster relief. And, and that gets me to a fourth thing. What about anything having to do with climate or protecting the watermen or the seafood industry in the state of Maryland? Um, you know, Maryland has uh, the most miles of shoreline of any state in the nation, uh, thanks to all the rivers and all the tributaries of the Chesapeake Bay. What, you know, and, and global warming is a thing, and it is causing um, water levels to rise in the Chesapeake and its tributaries. Why aren't we doing anything about that? Why is that not an issue? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess that's part of the Hogan Week uh, administration's, um, uh, you know, that's part of their doing. So, um, you know, I, I recognize and I will accept that uh, Ms. Wood and Mr. Broadwater have, you know, seen the issues that are in their article as the most important ones and the ones that are being talked about in the General Assembly right now. Um, but I don't think they're the import most important ones that there should be. Um, and that's just scratching the surface. I mean, there's certainly other things in education and other things in other areas that I think should be brought to light. So uh, I really urge all of you out there in listener land to uh, educate yourselves, uh, to learn about the issues, to learn about who your state delegates and senators are, 
and uh, to ask them hard questions, to ask them, um, you know, not just where they stand on these issues that are in this article, but uh, how come they, you know, they don't stand for the other issues that I mentioned uh, or any other issues of your interest? You know, you do have the individual right. You do have individual power. You do have individual voice. And that can be very powerful. So please feel free to use that. Uh, thank you for listening tonight. I was glad to finally get my uh, episode of this podcast in this evening. And uh, you have been listening to Forward Maryland. My name is Bill Woodcock. Uh, I'm going to finish recording this podcast, post it, and then go to bed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is maybe the latest I've ever done a podcast. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, I wish you a good evening and a wonderful start to your week. Take care, everybody. Good night.